Now, how many human beings are killed, but the people are only outraged about the horse. I never understood that. But, ironically, animal... Let me finish. I'll let you talk. When the horse's head was brought in a big box, the animal lovers and the crew were, were really upset and everything. But it turns out that all those people with their little doggies are why that horse got killed, because we got it from a pet food manufacturer, and they slaughter 200 horses a day to feed the little doggies for the people in Manhattan. In celebration of 60 years of broadcasting, KPFA has assembled recordings of many of the influential people who have graced the KPFA airwaves. Visit kpfa.org for more information on 60 Years, 60 Voices. And to become a member, join KPFA now at kpfa.org. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is a minute past 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover Open Book. Welcome to Open Book. Today, we're stepping away from the written page and onto the stage. We'll catch a glimpse of a musical review that roasts San Francisco, the SF Follies. Written, directed, and produced by John Bichelli. Bichelli has been developing the SF Follies for the past year, and this show lampoons San Francisco's landmarks, neighborhoods, and personalities. Not only will we hear from the director and a few of the actors, we also follow three average people who'll be the critics on today's show. My name's Tom Gallagher. I don't, I don't know. I don't really have expectations. I don't usually go to uh, theater at all, so this will be an experience. Either way, however it turns out. Hi, this is John Pascal, and it's Valentine's Day, so the Hallmark train wreck has swept in off the street, and it's in the theater now. Lots of ladies with, like, red hats and red blouses, lots of sparkling. It's a different crowd than usual. Hi, everyone. My name is Poi Mam Wong, and I'm currently living in D.C., but I'm actually been uh, living in the Bay Area the last few years, specifically in the East Bay, and uh, pretty much enjoying it and uh, looking forward to watching the show. And I uh, grew up in New York City, so I've got some standards regarding Broadway, off-off-Broadway shows in general. And on stage, I see... I don't know what to think of it. I'm up so close, and it's so bright. It's... It's like glitter and styrofoam. I feel like I'm at a um, community theater. I see a lot of uh, sparkly uh, designs on the walls, <laughs> colored lights, um, a backdrop of the San Francisco cityscape. It's um, very glitzy. Um, it's, uh, there's a lot of uh, little kind of uh, vignettes and a lot of detail, a lot of light, different color of lights, uh, glittering lights. It gives me a sense of kind of the circus-like feel uh, to it that um, uh, and gives me a feeling that's going to be a fun show. I look forward to seeing the half-naked guy. We're in the money.
So the show basically pokes fun at everything San Francisco. It covers 300 years of San Francisco's best and worst of times, starting with the genocide of the Ohlone Indians when the Spanish came over. Typically, uh, you know, wiping out a whole race is not a way to start a show. But in the Follies, it's done in tongue and cheek, so it's very silly. We are not mean-spirited, but we really kind of tote ourselves as an equal opportunity offender. So it's very fun, very filled with song and dance, lots of musical numbers. Contemporary music, um, classic music, Broadway music. We make fun of the ballet. We make fun of the big tours in San Francisco. We make fun of the uh, big landmarks, um, Pier 39, Coit Tower. And we basically just do everything in a very Saturday Night Live, kind of mad TV, very irreverent way. So it's very shocking. It's very fun. It's very silly. But nothing that's mean-spirited. But people really laugh. It's sort of a laugh out loud, and people are actually having a hard time sometimes breathing because they're laughing and clapping so much because it is so over the top. My name is John Bichelia. I'm the director, author, and producer of the SF Follies. It's a musical review that pokes fun at San Francisco's past, present, and future. I've been uh, working on the show for about a year and a half, and um, back in 1995, I actually produced the show in San Jose as the San Jose Follies, and for some time, I've been wanting to do a show in San Francisco. So basically been putting plans into place over the last year and a half to do the show. And uh, the last maybe three or four months, we've actually been rehearsing, having auditions, and now we're uh, open. And the show is being presented at the Actors Theater in San Francisco on Bush Street. So we're super excited. And uh, it's really great to finally be here after so much time of uh, working on the show. Oh, yes, I am wearing many red sequins, a red wig, and a red hat. Red hats are our theme, but Tanaya's favorite color is red, so I love our opening number outfit. And the dresses spin. <laughs> There's tulle underneath that wrestles. And we have a great time. We all have the same dress to start, but then, as you soon see, there are 120 costumes we change into. And myself, I have 11 wigs, <laughs> so it gets kind of crazy backstage here. I am Tanaya Hurst, and right now we are backstage amidst about 50 wigs and preset costumes and props, a shopping cart for our secret mermaid, and beautiful fans, but down in the dungeon below us, it's the actors, we're enduring a lot just for you guys, but we have plenty of space for all the costumes. <laughs> The audience can barely expect anything because you never know who's going to come on stage next and what costume is going to stay on stage for a whole three minutes and what costume will be yanked off right away. So you've really got to keep your eyes peeled, got to be engaged and, and listening. I think a lot of our audiences definitely have been laughing, but you can tell they're listening because they want to hear our jokes. So you can expect a lot of history, making fun of the neighborhoods. And just pointing out little pieces of San Francisco-ness that maybe you didn't even know existed. The, the mentions of our landmarks or famous people, obviously, just being in our show is funny, but there's an opinion there. So I think a lot of them are very spot on, in the neighborhoods especially. We just have one little stanza of a song to, you know, 
embrace the the essence of that neighborhood and i think john and his other writer jason did a great job of just yeah in one little stanza you know it's like ah oh, that's the neighborhood that's so true so we pick on you know like north beach there's too many tourists there's no parking so just those little pieces of information really get across to the audience the marina is expensive to live in noe valley might have a lot of lesbians so just one little you know trigger like that and i think the audiences see you know that that is true <laughs> it was a little we didn't really know how the crowd was going to respond but they res responded really well to everything and uh, we just hope that we can continue that momentum and people will really uh, respond um, throughout the whole run because you know the first week of a show can you can have a lot of um, energy and a lot of um, great vibes but you just want to make sure that it continues throughout the whole process my name is Millie DeBenedict. I am from Detroit, Michigan. I moved to San Francisco about last year. And I auditioned for this show, not really knowing what to expect. So I got in this show, and it's just been really wonderful. Like, the cast is really bonded, and we've really put together this show in a matter of probably four weeks. Um, so many costumes, about 120 costumes, and we are in such close quarters back here we're kind of low on help and so we all have to be kind of work together and teamwork and help each other with costumes and stuff like that but it's been going really well and we've all bonded a lot throughout this experience and we're hoping that it goes somewhere really big but you never know so with this economy we're kind of making a huge risk but we're crossing our fingers and hoping that the audience enjoys watching it just as much as we enjoy performing it. Oh my, well of course have we heard that word recession a billion times, but see for actors it's always a recession because it's hard to you know get work and get people involved but this is an original show, it's just for us, you know, no diss to other big wig and hat shows but this is just about us and I think it's important to bring it more local and maybe people can't even be taking a vacation these days so this is definitely a vacation from your woes it's just as the audience like we've been working on it so hard but for the audience they can just enjoy all of our glamour and you know escape in it in this economy sort of like in the depression i think people still gravitate towards movies and theater and it seems that a lot of other theaters are doing really great in this economy because i think people need an escape and people want to have a good time and this is very much a lot of fun for ninety minutes for a good price with lots of cast members lots of glitz good value um, just a really nice comfortable evening I think my relationship with San Francisco is, is a, an opportunity to be an unproven publisher, to be able to come here and have an opportunity to do something that I love and to be able to basically get noticed and make something out of nothing. Um, San Francisco is a great place and it really allows people to be who they are and you know, it doesn't really frown on people's choices in life of who they are and what they want. So for me, and I think it's just neat that it's kind of come to fruition and I'm super happy. So so many things that I wanted to have happen have happened the theater 
the run, the actors, the set, the costumes, the response of an original show. I mean, there's a lot of jokes, and writing comedy can be very hard. Having such a great, talented cast, having people want to see the show, it's super rewarding. So for me, it's great, and I, I just, I used to be afraid of the city when I was younger. Um, I actually had a chance with Beach Blanket Babylon. They wanted me to work on the costumes because early on I built all these crazy colorful costumes. And I actually had a chance to meet Steve, Steve Silver, who was the producer. But I was 19, and at the time the city scared me. Where am I going to go? Where am I going to park? I, I, it's just, it seemed overwhelming. So now that I'm 38 and I've had a chance to have success in the South Bay, it's great to feel like now I can have uh, a part of the city and be able to now have my opportunity to work with younger people in their 20s to give them an opportunity to you know partake in, in what we all share so it's kind of neat you know uh, so many years later to be able to now be on the other side of the fence as a producer and add my show to all the great shows that are already here um john is so inspiring to work with and he um really he really makes it he fills you with enough energy to just like completely go out there and do your best work and um, just very um, inspiring would be the word to describe John I would just like to say again our director and creator producer John is the most amazing man he has so much energy and so much creativity and the fact that he chose us to embody his dream is my dream, you know, to be part of something original. And I hope we will become a permanent production and we can entertain tourists and locals for a year or more. It'd be great. Basically, if people want to learn about the show, they can go to sffollies.com and uh, come check out what we do. It's all online. There's pictures. There's Yelp reviews. There's uh, some previews. Lots of cast bios. So it really gives you a good example of what we're doing so that they can decide if they want to come and check it out. of the SF Follies, and now we go to our three critics to hear what they had to say about the show. My name is John Pascal. I'm from San Francisco, and we just left the San Francisco Follies, and we're having dinner at Trapasueño. It's kind of a traditional adobe feel inside with tacky Mexican music blasting in the background, rustic wood Mexican-style farm chairs and farm tables. It's nice. Hi, hello. My name is Pui Man Wong. I'm actually uh, currently living in D.C., but I actually lived in the Bay Area for the last few years and recently moved over. I'm actually excited to be in this restaurant because I used to work right around here. My office is also in the financial district. <coughs> Sorry. The peppers. My name is Thomas Gallagher. I live in Emeryville, California. Um, I saw SF Follies, which is a, uh, I guess, a musical review that's kind of done in the in a manner that's similar to the tradition of Follies, which are kind of um, focusing on the history of San Francisco 
and kind of poking fun at all the different groups and places, um, traditions that kind of encompass what San Francisco is. It was an interesting show. Um, I'm used to off-Broadway, and I think the Follies had a lot of glitzy sets, extravagant costumes that I think was more appropriate for a Broadway show, per se, in my opinion, just through my limited experience with shows in general, coming from New York City, of course. Uh, and I think it was uh, really nice to sort of see that kind of theater up close and personal because we sat literally kissing up front in the theater and the front row seat. So pretty amazing to see um, the actors dancing and singing and... Um, it was interesting to see so many actors on that small stage. I saw what I think was a brilliant Bali show that showcased the history of San Francisco, some of which I was familiar with and some I wasn't. So it kind of sparked curiosity in me about the history of the city that I live in. And then as it went through chronologically through time and we got more towards the present, it became kind of a commentary on pop culture and current events and politics in San Francisco, a little bit like Beach Blanket Babylon. And I thought it was very, very cleverly written. And they took very popular songs and rewrote the words. So they were singing to familiar music, but changed the words to tell the story about San Francisco. I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And I think the talent on stage was fantastic, both for dancing and singing. It's a very, very fast-moving production. I don't know how many songs were in it, but there were so many different songs, and each one was done with a different costume, so they were busy when they weren't on stage as well. There was a theme that went through quite a number of songs, whereby um, a couple, a man and a woman, had sold a home in some far-flung place like Iowa or something. Like, where was it? Oh, Nebraska or Kansas or something. And they moved to San Francisco, and they had a real estate agent, and they had $150,000, and they were looking for somewhere to live. And so they combed across the entire city and poked fun at every single neighborhood. I wasn't bored for one minute. It was 90 minutes without an intermission, and my eyes and ears were glued to the stage the whole time. I, I would differ from John a little bit, is that I, I didn't really know what to expect. Tell you the truth, I didn't really read anything on the folly, so this was coming from someone who just, you know, went. And I sort of thought, like, it was very geared towards the entertainment part of San Francisco. There are a lot of sort of showcase about some of the stereotypes, I think, about San Francisco, about the lifestyle here that would have been interesting for a lot of out-of-towners, too. And then there were some inside jokes that if you, weren't, if you didn't live in the Bay Area the last few years, you might not realize the kind of inside jokes that talks about, pokes fun of both local politicians, issues, and things like that. So I think from that perspective, uh, it probably would, would have been entertaining. And uh, I don't know. I always sort of always ask myself how far they could have pushed. And I enjoy it from the entertainment value. But it would have been good to also see them push a little bit on some of the political kind of critique that really would have sort of uh, put it on the edge a little bit more. And because all the other stuff you could probably read in a guidebook. And I just sense that, you know, they could have had some political commentary or cultural commentary that is very specific about the lifestyle and the kind of um, unique experience of living in the Bay Area, especially in San Francisco, which I, I feel like they, they sort of was trying to capture near the end, especially with bringing in the mayor, Gavin Newsom, into the picture. But they were getting to it. I, I could almost taste it.
and if only they pushed that limit a little bit further. I really enjoyed it. I definitely um, was also, like John, pretty much fixated on the show the whole time. I thought the, the people were very talented. The writing was really good. A lot of the songs I didn't necessarily recognize, but they were familiar, but I didn't really know exactly what songs they were. So I enjoyed it. And I, I don't think that I felt that it was lacking because it didn't have any kind of sharp political commentary, because uh, for myself, that wasn't really what I was expecting anyway, and I, wouldn't, I wasn't really looking for that. Um, I think it was just supposed to be good fun, you know, and just um, kind of like light comedy. Um, and it did touch a little bit on politics, like gay marriage, and how San Francisco really has been kind of like a national leader in trying to provide for equal rights. But no, I really liked the show. Yeah, and I thought everyone, like the talent I thought was really good. I think one of the songs that stuck with me was the Meter Maid song. There was this one performer who he, uh, the song again was familiar, but I don't know what it was, but it required um, like really rapid, articulate, singing that was very funny about how everyone gets screwed in San Francisco when you're trying to park. So I enjoyed that. No, I've never lived in San Francisco. I've been primarily in the East Bay. It didn't really speak to me so much, I would say. It was more just kind of like light entertainment. Mm, maybe because the Bay Area and specifically I think San Francisco I worked here even though I lived in uh, Oakland but I worked here I spent a lot of time here so for me that lens of, of being here and just being involved in so many things for example there are moments where I really think it was hilarious moments where they <laughs> talked about the whole fisherman's wharf and they had this uh, killer whale or whatever a sea lion that came in and took the arm of one of the um, uh, I guess uh, tourists and so it was pretty interesting that there's a sense of humor and a balance of some of the more realities of things such as uh, it's not affordable to live in the city anymore and so it, it does try to bring in some of those elements that um, San Franciscans are confronted with on a daily basis so I think it's it has that kind of balance and it tries to sort of at least have a fun and upbeat and, and a highly energized show but, but there's other things too, like you know the the role that the Chinatown plays in the city, the role of you know it being one third Asian American, and sort of uh, another highlight of the city that um, again you can never you know judge and re try to recreate the show. But in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, all the things, the things that pop into my mind when I think about San Francisco is tremendous Asian American population that you cannot find really in all over the, the world. I think about a, a whole city that's you know predominantly over one third that's Asian American. And so there's pretty, and then uh, talk about the parades. They were talking about the gay, gay, the pride parade, which is great, and um, you know all these other elements that people know and, and and hear about San Francisco. But there's all these little hidden things that I'm like, wow, only an insider, someone who lived here, would know. So I think ultimately I ask, who's the audience? Who is it serving? Is it for folks who are coming in as a tourist, or does it also try to serve the people who are living here? Well, I think that they highlight a lot of cultural icons in San Francisco that people are familiar with from all over the world. So I think that anyone, like a tourist visiting the city, would really enjoy it. And there were sorts, you know, some innuendos and remarks about specific residential neighborhoods that might not make sense to someone if they weren't here, but if they didn't live here. But even if they don't live here, it doesn't matter because it was just singing and dancing and glitz, glitzy outfits. So it was fun. I mean... You could have blonde hair, chew bubble gum, and blow bubbles and have a great time and not even know what was going on. The 
actors are very energetic. They are really into their personas. I mean, this was not an amateur production. I'm not exactly sure what the theater is. The Actors Playhouse, is that what it's called? Yeah. And I did read a couple bios in the program, and the some people were students at San Francisco State, so I'm not sure what level of experience they have, but they did a fantastic job. Yeah, I, I especially love the set and the uh, the caliber of the professional design in both the costumes and the set design. I mean, it's really high quality. I especially love the whole go green or, or greening San Francisco, and then the costumes that they came out with was just fabulous. You know, um, I I certainly would have loved to wear one of those costumes. I mean, made with like <laughs> recycled uh, what is it cereal boxes and then these gorgeous gra- gowns and and one with new paper, another one was what, aluminum foil and plastic. I mean, these are like really high quality made um, customs. And the, 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 the whole signature of the, uh, the, the details of the actors and what they were wearing, the wigs and the, in the, um, the uh, excellent, I think, makeup that they had. And in all of it was sort of, like I said, it looked like it could be on a Broadway show. I mean, even though it was in a small, small stage. And so you have that kind of energy in that small room. And, and as I agree with John, you can't... I mean, there's so many different things. I would speak to so many different people. You know, you can't necessarily go wrong with the show in the sense of being entertained. Again, yeah, the caliber of the acting was more than I expected because initially my impression when I first entered the theater was that, oh, you know, this might be a little bit more like community theater because... The walls were bare. They were, it was just drywall. It looked kind of unfinished. And also, from the outside, when you see the theater, it's very nondescript. Um, it's very small-looking. But, yeah, the quality of the actors was fantastic. The singing was really good. In particular, like, some of the actors had like really beautiful voices. Um, yeah, they were all in complete character. I think there was only one person that kind of mixed up their line a little bit. <laughs> But other than that, it was just, you know, flawless. So. Well, okay, honestly, I probably wouldn't. Um, although I really, I wouldn't pay $40 for that. Um, but that's not because of this show specifically. It's the fact that I tend not to go out to see live theater and shows. It's just not one of my interests. And um, if, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of the last time I would ever have done that. And... Yeah, it's, it's very, very rare. And it would require a lot of peer pressure from my friends if they were all going in a large group to see a show. And then maybe I would go along and mainly because of an event to go with my friends rather than specifically to see a show. So I guess the long answer to that would be yes, if one of my other friends had motivated a large group of people to go see it. Yeah, i definitely give it a thumbs up. It was very entertaining. $40... Good question. I I'm cheap in general. <laughs> no, for real. I mean, I I really think it's important to support uh, local artists and um, and the art industry in general, especially uh, community art. And um, I, you know, considering that these are all local artists here and it's a, it's a it's a local theater too. I think I definitely that's something I would support. And um, it's a fun show. And I would uh, encourage people to take a look at it. Um, in terms of 
the, like, as I was saying, I had no sort of expectations. So if I was really picking a show, I would sort of do a little bit more research. But in general, I would support all the things, elements that I mentioned before. And yeah, I will pay $40 to watch the show. But again, it's based on your genre and what you like to see. And this has a specific, I think, hits a specific spot. And it has a very high entertaining value. And um, as well as the acting is really well done and as well uh, also the singing. But I also think that if you're looking for a little bit more of a dramatic slant on things, you might want to look into something else. This has a different specific, um, I think, uh, kind of audience or, or uh, energy to it. So can I do like a middle neutral kind of uh, I would say in the middle ground consider all the elements that we all mentioned um, I still have my little critique about certain things so I'm, I'm borderline I wouldn't definitely say a down I wouldn't say a up I give it a two thumbs up, and I would definitely pay $40 for it. There were 15 people on stage, and they could all sing and dance, and they wore fabulous outfits. I think it's totally worth the money, but I'm a gold star addict, so I would try to ghetto cruise and bottom feet if I could get a cheaper ticket, as always. But. <laughs> yeah, I would say it was a very creative use. Born his 